You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. How you doing today, Bruce? Day two, crazy week. Yeah, uh, I mean, healthy and alive. Um, you know, me personally, uh, just, you know, overlooking the emotional state and everything, right? Because, uh, you know, it's been getting warmer here. And um, fortunately, it's supposed to be in the 60s for the next few days. So we got a little bit of a respite. Um, but when it gets hot, our thermostat doesn't go below 72 degrees. And um, I tend to get a little agitated when I get hot. So, um, yeah, okay. Well, that's, that, that's, that's good because, uh, well, i tell you what, just cool down and, and save that for the clip that we've got coming up of the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci on MSNBC last night. You just save it for that. Yeah. Just save it for that. But let's, I tell you what, let's start with the border. James O'Keefe did it again. Guys over at Project Veritas. He got thrown out of the border facility, the migrant holding facility down, uh, down on the Texas border. And they said, well, okay, we're being told that, that O'Keefe says we're be- Migrant reception facility. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. me. Yes. Migrant reception facility. Thank you for clearing that up. So O'Keefe says that we've been thrown out of the migrant reception facility. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good, comrade. Yeah. He says, because they've been told that it's private property. He said, well, if that's the case, what isn't private property? The airspace above it. So they chartered a plane. <laughs> they started flying over it, taking video from flying over it. And they also sent up some drones. Now, they didn't fly over the facility. They flew around it. They didn't go anywhere near it, right? They, they flew around it. And the cameras on these drones, these these high-quality drones, the expensive ones, the ones that are like $10,000, they have some really good cameras on those things. And so, I mean, they weren't breaking any laws. They weren't trespassing. So there was nothing that, that could be done. But what's going on in these facilities, the amount of people, the amount of overcrowding is horrendous. It's, a, it's absolutely horrendous. But they're saying that the massive migrant holding centers are nearly empty, nearly empty. Well, Yes and no. Some of the buildings in that facility are empty. And why is that? Why is that? Well, there's a good explanation for that. The Biden administration has spent $87 million to put families coming across the Arizona and Texas border in seven hotels in the state rather than place them in similar permanent family facilities, according to two people familiar with the administration's plans. So we're spending millions of dollars on illegals and then also putting them into hotels when we couldn't even do the same to our National Guard in our own capital. Right. Interesting. Well, Trump, to be fair, put him up in his hotel. He did. But that's kind of when you look at how many troops were there and how many people can be housed in his hotel. uh, I mean, it was it was a nice gesture on his part. But I mean, they were they were sleeping in parking garages on cement floors with tainted food like and literally one restroom facility and uh two outlets what are they supposed to do with no heating that was that was terrible hell 
They had him sleeping on the marble slabs in the uh, in the Capitol building, just out there on the floor. Didn't even provide him with any kind of bedding. That that was at least a little bit better marginally because it's it's a climate controlled facility. Uh, it's still bad conditions in in the sense of uh, cement floors, but. Uh, come on, they're in our own country. We should be treating them better than this. Seriously. At least, at the yeah. very least, they should have gotten proper bedding and food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the U.S. military we're talking about here. It's not like they couldn't have had bedding facilities brought in. Yeah, it, like the, it's... Some of the military guys that I know would say, yes, it's the, the U.S. military. This Fair was enough. Yeah, fair par. enough. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Luxury accommodations. Yeah. Sources said that the Carnes County Family Residential Center is far better equipped to hold hundreds of families, even amid the COVID pandemic, but claims that Biden officials are making it making a PR play and are concerned about the optics of holding people at a facility that is operated by a for-profit group. Hotels holding families are overseen by the Family Endeavors nonprofit group and are not required to be licensed because they are not holding people for more than 72 hours. So one of the people is quoted by saying, you're sacrificing treatment of the very people you're saying you want to protect. Okay, so wait, sacrifice, but people I want to protect. After we just came out of a government-sanctioned shutdown, not not even really sanctioned, mandated shutdown in many places, our economy's hurting, we're trying to get everything back up and up, up and running. And not none of this, you know, altered or, or regulated economy boons that we're seeing. You know, the seriously, you're going to tell me that our economy is rising when Biden's saying he's going to increase taxes by 8%? No, that's never happened in, in our history. That does not happen unless it's a bubble about to break. We're opening the, our doors to these illegals just to come across, bringing drugs, guns, which apparently we're on a new trend of trying to regulate guns. But hello, porous border here. I mean, you, you, you could care. get rid of, you know, the bottom line to your, to your point. I don't think it's that they don't care. I think it's a it's all going as planned. And that's the problem. One of the journalists in the White House press room asked Press Secretary Jen Psaki why Vice President Harris has not gone to the border. And instead, she was in Chicago talking about vaccines in minority communities. And she went to a bakery. And of course, Jen Psaki said, well, there's a lot to take in there. But like many Americans, she wanted a snack. So uh, she I guess completely that's, avoided the question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and went with the lowest hanging fruit. Right. Right. Yeah. Border czar is what she's been named, I guess, by the uh, the Biden administration. He delegated the border problem to uh, VP Harris. She apparently won't even reply to invitations from the border states that are being sent to her. Well, I mean, uh, we, we've seen how she reacted when she was asked if she was going to uh, you know, go to the border and see what was going on there. Um she broke up into her hysterical laughing. You know, the, the laugh she does when she's lying to you. Yeah, yeah, the cackling. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Who else did we have, by the way, in office that uh, routinely cackled? Um, oh, I want to say it was um, very, someone that very similar to had a Yeah, so, someone that had a it was almost like a, a, a server in their bathroom closet. Uh, that that kind of. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. But it's it's amazing. I mean, that that hard drive got destroyed with acid. Yeah, it's just yeah, strange how that happens. Can't think of her name, though. Just it, it eludes me at the moment. While she has not yet visited the border, Harris reportedly spoke via telephone with Mexican President Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador. So, sorry, that's a long name. <laughs> that is a long name. Harris, according to a U.S. statement, thanked him for his cooperation on immigration issues. What's he done? I thanked what? him on cooperation. Him? What's he that's, done? That's an interesting. What's he done? 
and agreed with him. Yeah, and agreed with him that they would cooperate to address the root causes of migration from the northern triangle countries of El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, including poverty, violence, and lack of economic opportunity. Oh, so uh, just out of curiosity, why is other countries' economic status our problem? We should be focusing on getting things solved here on the home front first before we go out and try to help others. Yes, Bruce. But these are these are people that are fleeing. um, How Nancy Pelosi put it, uh, the drought, the the drought, from the the northern triangle, uh, the drought that actually happened uh, two years ago. And and I tell you something, if these are starving people, these are some of the fattest starving people I've ever seen. Yeah. Venezuelans would want to have a word with these people and want to know how they do it. No kidding. Those those poor people down there. Uh, a statement from the Mexican president said the call concerned efforts to promote orderly, safe and regular migration and to ensure protection for minors. Did you see the video of the 10 year old boy that was left out in the desert by the coyotes? Yeah, man, that's terrible. That That is uh, legitimately that's terrible. That is terrible. A, a kid, a 10 year old boy who gets brought up by these coyotes, by these human traffickers from the cartels. And he gets left out there. And an off-duty border patrol finds the kid out in the middle of the desert. And he says, what happened? And he says, well, he says, they just left me. I was with a group and, and we were all coming together and they just left me. What, what kind of people are these? What the hell kind of people are these? The, these the same are ones, the same ones that drop a three and five-year-old from about 10 feet. Man, that's awful. It, it's, the, it's, it's terrible. And they're claiming, they're claiming that they care about these kids, that they're concerned about their safety. No. A heaping pile of bovine excrement. That is not true. If you cared about these kids, you would be putting a stop to this human trafficking. Well, apparently, uh, the president himself has a has a possible solution for this. I don't know if you've heard this one yet. He's saying that it's possible that they're looking into, um, or he's saying that they're possibly looking into sending down financial incentives to keep them from coming up, I believe is, is kind of how he put it. Basically, they're talking about paying them benefits to stay there as opposed to coming up to the U.S. to receive them. So we're, we're basically going to subsidize <laughs> the the welfare in another country is, is basically what he's saying. So uh, <clears throat> this is exactly what we warned about with um, having a welfare state and having a porous border. Mm-hmm. Now they're, they're not even they're they're killing two birds with one stone in this case. They're having a porous border and paying welfare in the others, which doesn't it seem a little suspect, like a little familiar, like, I don't know, maybe maybe something on the lines of like damaging the economies in the developed world so that they are on par with the developing world so that there's equity in, uh, among the, the, the world's populace and allowing the developing world to catch up to the developed world. Yeah. Instead of directly addressing the crisis at the U.S. southern border is looking to provide aid aid. Yeah, you hear this aid. Aid to the countries from which the illegal immigrants are coming, claiming that this will cure the, quote, root causes of illegal immigration. The Agency for International Development, which is USAID, made an announcement on April 6th claiming that the United States through USAID has provided approximately $112 million in life-saving humanitarian aid, including emergency food assistance, nutrition services, safe drinking water, shelter, programs to help people earn an income, and disaster risk reduction programs. Of this, $57 million is for people in Guatemala, $47 million is for people in Honduras, and $8 million is for people in El Salvador. Uh, tell me again why we're considering uh, doing more of that? Because when you send money 
to these countries and they have a flow north anyway, well, that's because the governments down there that are so damn despotic and corrupt have stolen all the money to begin with. And of course, that goes funneled through the cartels down there. So explain to me why we're considering more of this. What was the definition of insanity, according to Einstein? Yeah. Uh-huh. The same thing over and over. Uh-huh. Expecting and a different expecting result. a different result. Yeah. yeah. So, so why are we doing that? And on top of that, I'm looking at this. 112 million, including emergency food assistance, nutrition services, safe drinking water, shelter, programs to help people earn an income, and disaster risk reduction programs. Why aren't we doing that in the U.S.? We have problems in all of those areas. Why aren't we spending that money domestically? Oh, or mean, haven't you, you noticed mean, that we've got 100,000 in the streets in the city of New York alone? You you, you mean those, um, uh, like the, the COVID bailouts, for example? You, you, is that what you're meaning? How only 5% of it really goes to, well, 9% for the bailout. And then the, the recent one only, was it the infrastructure one? Only 5% yeah, of it actually goes 5% to infrastructure? infrastructure. Well, apparently, uh, yeah. according to Pelosi, education's infrastructure now. So you're... You're saying humans are a resource and not uh, what uh, that that that's an interesting because if you start saying the things that are, uh, shall we say, needed for society to function, if you're calling those infrastructure, doesn't that make humans a commodity or a, or a resource? Well, that's how they look at it anyway. True. So it kind of fits into that larger agenda. All right. Anything else on the border? Yeah. So just just I want to I want to really drive this in and. If if the administration truly cared, not just the administration, politicians in general, if they really truly cared about human life, they would seal that border. But they don't. They don't care. This fits their agenda. They've wanted an open border for a long time. When you have a porous border like that, and you have all these welfare systems in place that, you know, conveniently the the left is the one that pushes for more welfare stuff. Who are you going to vote for? The one that gave you the the porous border and the free stuff, or the one that wants to close the border and uh, shore up the economy? Um, yeah, it's it's going to be the you're, you're going to go for the one with the welfare. So no, I, this is a power play. This is all um, this is all going to uh, it's functioning as intended. Okay, all right. Let's jump. Uh, let's jump away from that. Let's look at uh, let's look at Portland. Okay, so we hear. And why do I bring up Portland? Because we're hearing all this talk about uh, like a new nine eleven style commission to investigate January sixth, right? The insurrection, the deadly insurrection at the Capitol. What happened on January sixth is uh, unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's unprecedented. It was a it was a riot. It was uh, they were they were trying to kill the members of Congress, and AOC was in fear of her life. She wasn't even. In the same building, that that kind of stuff. So all that's going on, but yet Portland is being ignored. Why do I bring up Portland now? Of course, Portland's been a, an anarchist stronghold for over you know three four years now. Portland rioters barricaded door and set fire to an immigration and customs enforcement building with federal agents inside, chanting "Burn the precinct to the ground." They also chanted "Every city, every town, burn the precinct to the ground." Why is this not a problem? Why, why is this not a, a, an issue? They're making this this mountain out of a molehill, as we like to say, or or a mountain out of an anthill, however, you know, whatever analogy you want to use about January 6th, which was nothing. But yet when these street thugs go out there and seal up a building with federal agents inside, 
and set it on fire with the intent of murdering people inside, burning them alive, this is acceptable. Do we see the double standard here? D does anybody not see the double standard? Shortly before midnight, nearly 100 black bloc demonstrators, those are Antifa, gathered at the ICE building in Portland for a planned protest. The ICE building was vandalized with graffiti, including DHS murderers. Agitators barricaded the front door of the building with a chain link fence. Someone put a traffic cone on the security camera to prevent the rioters from being identified. Fireworks were launched at the ICE building. Footage posted by the, the one and only, by post-millennial editor-at-large Andy No showed federal agents attempting to get out of the building, but the barricaded preventing them from exiting. Law enforcement was forced to exit out of the rear of the building. I guess these people aren't smart enough to go after the second door. They never have been. I wonder if this is all planned, staged almost, to push a narrative, to push a... Uh, I don't know. I mean, because seriously, if you were truly trying to burn down the precinct and kill the people inside, you would do as exactly as you said. Yeah, but Bruce, you would these have are been not the, barricading the thing. Yeah, but these, the, I mean, let's let's be honest here. These these uh, black block thugs that they got out there in the street, they are not the sharpest tools in the shed. Fair. Uh, that's that's probably fair. Um, many or of them look the, like they're meth heads. Yeah, I mean, these are green-skinned meth heads out of their parents' basement. They're keyboard warriors, really. They think they're out there LARPing or something. And really, when it comes down to it, I mean, they're a couple sandwiches short of a picnic. The the, the thing is, is what was the uh, National Guard deployed there uh, over over that incident? Over that? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so let, let's just put it in perspective here. Uh if a right-leaning group did a fraction of that and, you know, just had a protest unarmed and didn't actually assault anyone, uh, uh, it would be the worst atrocity that's ever happened in, a human, in American history. January oh, wait, 6th. that's right. We just had that, January 6th. And yet we had an entire year summer of love last year, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the summer of love. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin. Yeah. And it's it's looking like we're we're uh, heating up for another summer of love this year. Uh, so far, it's already depending on off. how the yeah depending on how the the Chauvin trial goes. Well, um, they don't even need the Chauvin trial. You you saw what's going. You saw what happened in Minneapolis last night. Brooklyn yeah. City has also d decided that they are going to uh, implement a curfew now until things calm down. The uh, the looting last night was horrendous. I put I put videos up on our Telegram channel. I think you saw them. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was horrendous. It was it was absolutely horrendous. Why are you going around destroying your own communities? That that's something that's that's baffled me. If you have a beef with the government, why aren't you taking it up with the government? Why are you going after private businesses and everything? I I I, I don't understand the, the the logic behind all of this. I I haven't seen the 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 full video yet of what went down with the recent uh, Minneapolis um, um, police shooting. Uh, we're um, looking into it right now. The videos are yeah. just now coming in. They literally just released the uh, the body cam footage. We're going to be looking at that here in just a minute. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know the full details there, but the double standard is getting tiresome. I, again, I, I, I'm so cynical in all of this. I can't sit back and say, this isn't planned. This isn't all a, a meticulously planned over the last 40, 50 years, whatever it is, progressive agenda. Now, it may not be planned in the sense of, uh, well, this cop's going to shoot this guy on this day. You know, it's not planned like that. It's planned in the sense of, uh, in a macro sense, they're setting up the narrative so that you have communities that are against each other because um, we've been beat down by the man or or pick your favorite group. And they're trying to pit one another 
against each other, right? So uh, all that to say, I think this, the COVID nonsense, the stuff uh, that Russia and China are doing, all that kind of stuff all plays into, well, and what the businesses are doing, what the, some of the other stuff we're seeing that the Pentagon is researching for in relation to COVID, this all plays in together. I, 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 I'm too cynical to just say, oh no, there's, these are these are different occurrences. They they're not tied together in any way. They're no, these are all tied together. They're all pushing towards 2030. Yeah, but here's the thing though. Once they get to that end goal, this is what these idiots that are out there in the streets, the the goons and the mobs that they're out there using. They're using these people, right? They're using th- those that are out there. They're that are causing all this havoc and this mayhem and this destruction. They are going to flush you out of the way. Believe me, you're the first to go. If you were unaware of that, same thing with all you yahoos in the media on the TV up there. Oh, yeah. You think you're on the winning side. Oh, no, 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 no. You're on the losing side because you're not going to be around when this agenda of theirs gets a foothold at some point, which they don't have full control yet. They're trying. They're trying. They're desperately trying. And they're finding it rather difficult to maintain all the control in all these different areas that they're stirring up. I think they've bitten off a little bit more than they can chew in the attitude of control, but that's a side issue. But if it gains a foothold and that system comes to fruition, which that's what we're fighting over now, right? That's to be determined where we're going to be on the other side of it. But if that system comes in, all you people out there in the streets that are out there destroying everything, do you think that they're going to allow you to exist after that? No. If you will destroy your own communities, as Bruce said, if you will destroy your own system, if you will sell out your own futures, well, then what's to stop you from turning against the people that use you to get where they are? It's the same old story time and again, all throughout history. The groups that you use to allow yourself to come to power are always eliminated once you get there because you can be possible opposition. You're a possible counter-revolutionary. Joseph Stalin... The dictator of the Soviet Union, horrible, horrible human being, had 30,000 of his Red Army officers liquidated in the blood purges. That's mainline history. Lieutenant and above one year prior to World War II kicking off. Do you know why? Because they could have been possible opposition to his reign on power. Possible. What do you think these... These goons out there in the streets, you, you think these people that are out there looting all these businesses, the ones that are out there uh, burning the, uh, the precincts, what do you think those people are? Those are useful idiots. There's names for them. If you're an Antifa member, if you're a, a whatever, you know, one of these, these BLM people, whatever, pick your flavor, whatever, doesn't matter. They're all the same to these groups of people. If you're a member of RAM, the Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement, Right. That's another group. I would argue that's the parent corporation of BLM and Antifa. That would be my guess. If you're a member of that organization, you're going to outlive your usefulness, too. So it doesn't pay to get on board with this agenda because you think it's cute. You think it's fun. You're going to go out there. You're going to burn this down. You're going to loot something. You're going to get yours. All that does is destroy you and your community and your country in the process. Slight critique or or correction, if you will. Um, It does pay. If you're one of the leaders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does pay. You can buy multi-million dollar estates in four different yeah. states. Yeah. 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 If you're the, just for example, the uh, the leader of BLM, for example, one of the founders yeah. of BLM, then you can have four luxury homes in, in different places, in nice areas. You know, that's that's fine. Pays to be a trained, uh, how, how did she, how did she put it? Um, she, are they, uh, they're a, they're a group of, um, I'm sorry, what was it? Um, myself. 
and Alicia in particular uh-huh. are trained organizers. Oh, okay. um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. So see, see, Bruce, they're trained Marxists. Yeah, they're, they're trained Marxists. And by the way, uh, that's the voice of the woman who owns all of those nice homes. Just so you know, yeah, because she's so oppressed. You know, she owns more homes than uh, than uh, most people do. Uh, the average people out there on the street. So anyway, yeah, uh, those are your groups. But I'm just making a simple observation. Why is it that this goes unnoticed? This doesn't get mentioned anywhere in the mainstream media. And yet January 6th is the worst thing since Pearl Harbor, uh, according to New York Senator Chuck Schumer. Yeah, um, I, I'm still Chucky. Seriously, dude. What what an insult, <laughs> dude! Go back to Brooklyn and and visit a delicatessen or something. Okay, just just retire. You've been up there long enough. Okay, on to some COVID. You talked. You mentioned some COVID stuff there. On to some COVID. The sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci was on MSNBC last night, uh, and I know we talked yesterday about his list of what you should and shouldn't do. That's true. He was out a couple of days ago talking about what you can and cannot do once you've been vaccinated. Uh, Air quotes, vaccinated. Um, He says it's still not okay for vaccinated people to eat in restaurants. So you you can't go there. Um, But let's I tell you what, let's just let's just start with him on um, on MSNBC. I guess we'll just go from there because that's I mean, I think that's basically the point he's trying to make. Eating and drinking indoors in restaurants and bars. Is that okay now? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections, and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. So if you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated as soon as vaccine becomes available to you. And if you are vaccinated, Please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. This guy sounds like a broken record. Yeah. So what happened to the getting back to normal once the vaccine was in and all that rhetoric they were spewing back when we were, you know, starting warp speed and everything? What, what, what happened to the rhetoric of I, um, I believe his just first two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. 14 days. I, I do believe that his his first words that we heard him say at that podium were uh, what was it? He said uh, the, the ultimate game changer here is going to be a vaccine. Isn't that what he said? That was supposed to be a game changer. Yeah, but uh, the problem is, is we were having government agencies kind of uh, contradicting one another at the same time, because then we also had the CDC saying, um, well, this mask is more effective than a vaccine ever w- mm-hmm. will ever be. Kind of contradicts each other there just just a little bit. Just slightly. Yeah. He says that uh, he says, no, it's still not OK for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. Like just yesterday, there were close to 80,000 new infections and we've been hanging around 60, 70, 75,000. I'm sorry. uh, What about Texas? What about Florida? If you look at Texas and Florida, who are open at 100 percent, no restrictions, no nothing. If you're looking at those states, Florida in particular, the case numbers in Florida are below that of, say, Michigan, for example. And Michigan is talking about going back into another lockdown. So wouldn't you as 
uh, as an astute physician as he is, wouldn't he be the one of medical observation and come out and say, as a scientist, you have to explore all options, right? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Or even as a medical doctor, you're supposed to explore all options. Here are two states that are 100% open, and yet the case numbers and the hospitalizations are dropping. Maybe there's something to this. I've, I've, I, I, I honestly... Um after we had a year of gaslighting and everything, uh, are, are we surprised that the narrative is, is pushing forward? By the way, I want to make a, a, a quick note here. It's not just Michigan that's saying they need to close down again. It's the CDC telling Michigan, you need to close down again. Oh. So it, it's, a, it's a little worse than just, you know, it's bad enough uh, if, if um, Whitmer is saying um, um, we need to shut down again. It's it's even worse when it's um, the federal government saying you need to shut down again. No, no thanks. We're not shutting down again. The other thing that's concerning with all of this and and the 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 narrative that Fauci is trying to push, and I think Burks is still out there too, uh, isn't she? Uh, or did she finally? Retire? Yeah, I I haven't really seen much of her. Uh, but Fauci mm-hmm. uh, went on. Yeah, Fauci went on. Uh, let's see what else he had to say here. Mm. Let me ask you this one other question about the past, because you said we need to move forward. I agree with you. And one of the problems we have now is we have a lot of people, bad faith people saying we don't trust Anthony Fauci. We don't trust Joe Biden. We don't trust uh, the scientists. But there are others who, in good faith, just genuinely over the last year. And I think you've recognized this in the past about the mixed messaging uh, and some of the, you know, some of the different advice they've gotten on this very thorny disease. I want to play a clip of you speaking to 60 Minutes just over a year ago. Have a listen. Thorny disease. Now, when you see people and look at the films in China and South Korea, whatever, everybody's wearing a mask. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Given you acknowledged in that clip in March 2020 that Asian countries were masking up at the time, saying we shouldn't mask up as well was a mistake, wasn't it? A huge mistake at the time, not just in hindsight. No, I, you know, I keep seeing that clip getting played over and over again. So if you could give me 15 seconds, I'll go right back at you with this. Okay. At the time, three things were going on. We were told very clearly at the coronavirus task force in including by the Surgeon General, who's a good person all the way, that there was a clear shortage of masks. And if we went around recommending masks Uh to healthcare providers who were putting themselves in harm's way every single day would not have enough. Point number one. Point number two, there was no evidence at the time that masks outside of the setting of the hospital worked. There were no data to show that. Number three, we did not know that at least 50% of the infections were being spread asymptomatically, namely by people that had no symptoms. That's the reason why at that time, we, I and others made that statement. Fast forward a month or two after, A, it became clear there was no shortage of masks. In fact, cloth mask works. B, we started to see rather substantial data that masks outside of the setting of the hospital work to prevent infection 
and to prevent you from infecting somebody else. And three, we found out to our horror that 50% or more of the infections were transmitted yes. by people who did not know they were infected. Yes. Oh, That's boy. the reason okay. why I changed. So, wait, let me just finish, because you showed the clip. First of all, if something is static and you change your mind about it, you're flip-flopping. If something <laughs> changes, the data change, and you change with the data and rely on the data, you're not flip-flopping, okay? Um, you see, Bruce, he's not uh, flip-flopping. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's not flip-flopping. So many lies are in there uh, that he was saying there. First of all, the chances of you being asymptomatic and spreading COVID-19, assuming you were exposed to it, is 0.07%. In other words, statistically, it's almost impossible for you to spread it if you're asymptomatic. We, we've gone over the masks over the freaking year on how, you know, in the beginning, we kind of talked about it. Okay, maybe because you use them in hospitals. But then after we've seen the data, no, masks do not stop it. He is so full of crap. Uh, and I want to use expletives here. We're not on the exclusive, Bruce. You can't do yeah, I know. I know. That's that's why I make mention of this. Because this this gaslighting infuriates me. And you know something? I'm not entirely sure that the, the American populace, at least half of it, doesn't lap it up. And I don't know that they don't believe it. You know, There's people in my circles that I thought were... Uh, at least somewhat politically aware and kind of knew what was going on and the gaslighting and they're talking that they've all been vaccinated already. They're wearing masks all the freaking time when they're out in public. So seeing that and hearing the numbers of how many people in the US are actually vaccinated, we're, we're talking about 29, probably if I was to average out all the numbers, you're probably looking at about a quarter of the US is vaccinated uh, roughly uh, yeah. based on the, the, the numbers I'm seeing state by state. It ranges from like 18% to 29%, somewhere in there. Uh, it just is this, this all baffles me. You I, know, I, I had somebody tell me, to, and to that point, I had somebody tell me today, right? Just to, well, actually, it was last night that the attitude that they're seeing in people is it's, it's almost like this. It's literally like this cult programming because they're all asking, oh, what brand are you getting? You know, what how, do you have yours yet? You know, Facebook is doing these uh, th these these profile things now of this rainbow and underneath of it, it says, oh, I'm going to get vaccinated. And then the other one says, I have been vaccinated. And so it's you got a Brian Stelter out there on CNN telling people to just get over your fear, roll up your sleeve and get out there and do it. You know, do you do, just drop dead and shut up? OK. Just drop dead and shut up. I, I, I just I, I cannot I cannot stand this. But what I was explaining to somebody was is that you have to look at the level of indoctrination. And it's horrifying when you think about it in, in terms like this. But I understand it. And, and Bruce understands everybody else we have on we have on around here. They understand it. The listener understands it. Or maybe you have people in your circles that don't understand it. And it's as simple as what's happened to them. I'm not on the social media uh, scene. I, I'm just not there. Same thing with the television. I don't watch it. I mean, we're in this stuff, but we're digging in and doing we're doing research based on 
uh, the agendas that we're seeing. We're not watching this stuff being hammered over and over again, but nonetheless, even when we do see it, we can recognize what it is we're being shown and what we're being told, and we can see through it. We can see past that. But what's happened to the average public out there is, I think it's deeper than this. You have to go back a ways. You can't just look at it in terms of COVID, which I think is where we're we're kind of, we're looking at what's happened with COVID, and we're wondering how this happened. You can't just throw COVID in there. Something had to lead up to this point to make people susceptible to this propaganda. So you have to start somewhere. And I think you have to start with social media. You have to start with that. You have to go there. People have been warped for for lack of a better term. They've been they've been twisted into this this world, this virtual world of your smartphone into perception. Everything becomes perception. It doesn't stay reality, right? It doesn't stay like you lose your grip on reality. You're now in a world of perception. Everything becomes hearsay and hysteria. Everything becomes likes, dislikes, view counts. That's what it is. That's what gets people excited. Everyone's based around the likes and the views. Everyone wants to be that um, that popular online person. For what reason? I don't know. I don't know. That's never appealed to me. I don't get it. But that's what people like to do. And so when you have a population that is in this online culture, because really they've connected the world to this thing, because you can get likes and views and, and retweets and all the rest of it from millions, hundreds of millions of people all over the world. That becomes your existence. It's not about what you need to do as an individual. It's not about you building up yourself and developing your character and becoming an individual and contributing to society. It's about what you contribute to the online world that makes you popular, which is something that doesn't exist. But it gives you that false sense of reality. That's not reality. That's the reality that they've created for you. In a sense, you could also look at it in terms of almost like the movie The Matrix. It's the same thing. So you're susceptible to this. You have your traditional social structure completely removed because of COVID. When you enter COVID, everything changes. So you already were removed from the foundation of what is reality to begin with through years of indoctrination of social media, which we know it's addictive. That's what it was designed to do. It wasn't designed to uplift you. It was designed to depress you and disconnect you from what is normal in the world. So enter COVID. What happens? Whatever social structure you have left in a traditional sense, whether that's your family or your friends or uh, going to a restaurant or going to a cafe or going to uh, a, you know, a club or what, whatever it is, all that was removed. And when that was removed, you became isolated. Once you were isolated, you were already in the pre-programmed system that they had laid out for you because that's where you feel most comfortable. Social media. You go back to social media. Every other viewpoint that has been introduced to counter the narrative that has been pushed has been removed. So you fall susceptible to the monopolization of perception, right? Goes back to Biederman's chart of coercion. So if you want to coerce someone into a certain way of thinking, well, then you have to monopolize their perception of things. So if you go onto social media and you see all of your friends and all of your posts and all of your news that's tailored to one way of thinking, well, then you think that, well, everyone else is doing it, right? Everyone else is doing it. That's what happens with the uh, the promotion that you see on the television and the mainstream media and entertainment, right? All the celebrities and the sports stars and the, the royalty people, whatever, you know, all these, these loser idiots out there, right? That's all those people are, right? Those are losers. Those are not winners. Those are losers. Those are hollow existence 
of a human being. That's all that is. These are people that don't have any sense of fulfillment. They project their talent that they have, which they do have a talent. There's no doubt about that. They are entertainers, after all. They do have talents, but that's all they have for the most part. And so they carry the agenda, right? Because that's the thing to do, right? The well health safety seal. That's not even proper English, by the way. I wonder where that came from. It's kind of like build back better. Well health. We don't say well health in English. Good health, maybe. Natural health, not well health. That's something you would say if you're from the Far East. Well health, that's what you would say. Just saying. But I think it's horrifying to, to sit here and to watch people be susceptible to this because people are of this mindset now that, oh, what, you, you, don't, you don't have yours yet? Why not? See, it's cult level programming. Masks. It's about taking away your identity. That reaction you have with another human being. 70% of communications are nonverbal. If you remove that, well, then you have none. So you become a mindless automaton, which is what they want you to be. Helplessly dependent on them and their system that they've given you that takes away your individuality. It's a, I just want to kind of touch on that a bit. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting point there that most of our interactions are, you know, um, well, really body language and whatnot, tones and all that. How much of how much of that is in the face region that gets covered up by a mask? Just just throwing that out there. I'd say about 95% of it. The other 5% would probably be eye contact. It's my guess. Uh, eye contact, eyebrows. So um, facial recognition technology bases all their stuff on kind of in a triangle pattern uh, for your face. And the reason is, is that part of your face, that triangle is the most expressive of an individual. You, you do have other, other like here uh, in this part of the country, we talk with our hands uh, as I'm talking with my hands, uh, Johnny can see. And, and you, you also have a bit of like how you carry yourself, you know, your, 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 how you're shuffling or, or what have you. Um, there's, a, there's a bit of that tied in with it as well. But yeah, uh, mostly it's your face region. And that that's part of the triangle is being covered when you wear a mask. And that's that's hiding some of those those facial expressions. See, here's the thing. I heard someone describe this the other day. I heard a medical a medical doctor describe this the other day. They said they feel like they're standing on a mountaintop looking at two valleys, two separate valleys. On one side, you have humanity. And on the other side of the other valley, you have a tsunami that's coming toward humanity. Now, the person that you represent is the one that's standing up on that mountaintop able to avoid it. And in the meantime, you're shouting down to humanity, you need to get out of the way. You have to get out of there. You can't stay there. This tsunami is going to hit you and it's going to take you out. And you know what they said? The same thing that I've been saying for years when this agenda of control gets here. I said, people are too busy. They're too concerned. They're having picnics. They're having barbecues. They're watching Netflix. They're watching football. Whatever it is they're doing, they're too busy to do anything about it to save themselves. And so they helplessly go along thinking that it's going to keep them safe. These are the people that I mentioned two years ago. These are the ones that have conformed their entire lives that are just conforming now in a bigger way. That's all they're doing because they think by going along, it's just going to keep themselves. It's going to keep their family safe, their wealth safe and whatever. And they think that that's going to be the end of it. When in reality, that is the end of it. That's the end of the road. If you have no fight in you, if you're a broken conformist like that, well, then there's not much that can be done, I'm afraid, at least not from my standpoint. I was speaking to a personal friend a few years ago about this when Bruce and I started digging into social credit, when we started looking into data-driven governance and, and what's coming, when we started looking into that, 
I started explaining this to a friend of mine who was very interested in it and wanted to see all of our research on it. And I happily gave it to him. And I said, I asked him very specifically, I said, are you sure you want to see all this? And he said, yeah. He said, I, I do. He says, I, I get what you're saying. He says, but um, he says, what, what, what do you what do you do, though? He says, what about all these people? And we're standing like he and I were standing in a crowd of people. There must have been 200 people around us. And I said it as I said it very loudly. I said, look around, man. I said, these people don't care. They, they don't care. They're too busy. And you know how many people looked at me when I said that? None. To be fair, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't have either looked at you uh, saying that. Because usually when I'm listening into other people's conversations, I usually don't look their way. It's usually just kind of, you know, you're you're watching them with your mind's eye, if you will. So to be fair, I, I probably wouldn't have looked either. And that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But my, my point is, is that when you hear other people, when you're passing them in conversation, they're literally going back and forth about nothing. Like they're not having a conversation that's that's based in substance. You, do you know what I mean? So they're talking yeah. about something that has absolutely no bearing on the world or their life. Like it's something that's that actually matters. And and you say, OK, well, yeah, but what can you do about it? Well, you can at least be a little bit concerned that's all I'm saying is you can be a little bit concerned because after all, these are people that we're going up against. And make no mistake about it. These are dangerous people. These are very dangerous people. But they also set policy and procedure that affects our lives. Or do you not get that part yet? That's the other thing is you haven't been paying attention. And yet now it's at your doorstep. It's literally at your doorstep. The masks, the social distancing, shutting down of your life, the vaccines, it's at your doorstep. It affects your life. Do you want to pay attention now? No, I, I largely think those people are, as, as you were saying, they're, they're too caught up in their ball games. They're too caught up in their, um, well, their, their family sports, you know, they, they've got to take the kids to the soccer game or the baseball game or the basketball or football or whatever it is you play, whatever sport it is. You're too busy doing that. You're too busy going to a dance rehearsal or or, or whatever other project or, or what have you that's going on. It only takes, you know, you, you could take 30 minutes of your day, really, just 30 minutes. Go in and look at the major news articles of the day from the left and the right, skim over them, or just keep keep up with, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe maybe the founding documents. You know, just take 30 minutes of the day, read the founding documents, some of the uh, Federalist Papers and, you know, some of the just some of our foundational stuff and get the foundation built, get the understanding of what was intended. Uh, because once you have that, see, this is the thing, is history uh, in schools, especially, right? What the goal should be is teaching the kids, not the dates and the places and and the times and all that. Okay, that's great to know that that expands your capacity. You know, it's like exercising muscles, right, in your brain, if you will. Um, what you should be more concerned about is why did they do it? How did they do it? What was the motive for the reason that they did it? You should be looking at the root of the cause. What is it that pushed them to? throw the tea in the harbor? What was the reason they came to this nation to create a new nation? What was the intentions, the reasoning? the And once you get those foundation points down, those baseline things, everything else uh, comes at a, at a, when something comes towards you, um, you know, uh, we're going to pass a new law because um, on, on ammunition, because gun violence is too, too, you know, it's syntax or whatever. You're going to be found, you're going to have a foundation already prepared and ready. You have an understanding already. So when they throw these things at you, that's coming at you, mass mandates, lockdowns, all these kind of things, 
you already have a foundation you can reference hey uh yeah that this is unconstitutional you don't have to know all the stuff that's going on today what you need is that that foundation and unfortunately it's not taught in schools anymore um or universities this is something you have to go out and you have to do on your own it, it's a it's very much a, a principle i'm going to get uh you know, all, all Christian religious for a second. Um, the Bible talks about that raising a child in the ways that they should go as you, you raise them in that environment. And when they get older, they won't depart far from it. So this is something we should be teaching our kids, you know, as far as uh, constitution and the foundations of the country, the good values, you know, all those things all fit in together. We've talked about it many, many times over, but because we've stopped doing that, here we are. Congrats, guys. Um, this this is the result of the actions over the last about 100 years. You know, we were talking yesterday about uh, history repeating itself 100 years later. 100 years. It's been about that. We've come full circle. We've literally come full circle in more ways than one. You're seeing the events play back out again in Europe. You're seeing them play out for the first time in the United States. But are you really seeing the events in the United States being played out for the first time in its entirety? No. Because we saw this game that's being played in the United States. We saw the same game 100 years ago in Russia. We've seen the same game here in the U.S. before. I mean, this isn't the first time the U.S. has had to deal with socialism or, or a communist uh, Marxist ideology. We, we've yeah. dealt with this before. And in fact, in, fact, in the past, we had the, uh, what was it, the McCarthy hearings. And um, I mean, we went full bore on going against communism. Bad example. Not, not, not a great point in our history. But the point stands. We understood what it was in the past. And for some reason now it's a wonderful, it's great for society. If you're not for this, then you're not for human life or, or uh, whatever the arguments are now. I, I don't even, you don't care about the planet. You don't care about equity or and blah, 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 whatever. It's been turned into a social justice nightmare is what it's been turned into. That's why I said your kids are not being taught. Well, excuse me. To, to further your point, your kids are not being taught. Your kids are being indoctrinated. Oh, it, this is all infrastructure now. So yeah, yeah. education we, is infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. To be fair, education is really important. I wouldn't call it infrastructure, but it is infrastructure to a functioning society. But it's not infrastructure as we've always called infrastructure. Infrastructure is roads, transportation, that kind of thing. Not your 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 mental capacity or what you know or learn. That that's something completely different. Well, I would argue that what they're teaching them isn't exactly knowledge, but I mean that's that's just me. That that's not knowledge. That's not useful knowledge of bettering yourself as an individual. That's not teaching you structure. They're talking today about the terms uh, elitist and sexist are now uh, not proper English, and they have to change them. Well, okay, what are you going to change, elitist and 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 like, sexist? I, I, I don't know. Like this is like th th these people are are lunatics. They're, they're insane. Are they are they afraid of the word elitist because they are elite? They are the elite. I'm guessing. I'm Ooh. guessing. So they they have to take themselves off of the the the, the chessboard somehow. I'm not, I'm not sure, but they um. They need to do something because, you know, I, and I said this last summer when the Republicans just sat there and did nothing uh, and when uh, the Insurrection Act, as far as I'm concerned, should have been signed and it wasn't. When that happened, what did I say? I said the mobs will come for you. They always do. They will come for you. You people that are in your ivory towers thinking you're immune from it all, the ones that are out there gaslighting and stirring up the masses and going, getting them to go out there and loot and burn, they will come for you. 
They're already outside of Jeff Bezos' house. You know what Jeff Bezos did in the last few months? He stepped down as the CEO of Amazon because he got tired of the guillotines out in front of his house. That would be my guess. Yeah, I, I think that may have been part of it. But uh, as we pointed out before, the, the guy that took his place is um, uh, he was the um, COO, I believe, or whatever the position was over um, Amazon Web Services when uh, Parler was shut down. Uh, he just happened to be the guy over that that had direct control of uh, over that process. Now he's the CEO of Amazon. Not a not a problem at all. No, it's not a problem. And I'm sure he I'm sure he's not woke or anything. I'm sure he's no. not. No, no, no. He's he's more concerned about money and all that kind of stuff. He's one of those crazy corrupt. Oh, wait, that's all of them. Yeah, I, I want to spend a few minutes here at the end. I mean, we're we're kind of you know close to time anyway, but um, I want to spend a few minutes here at the end and we'll get more into this uh, when we get Marty on this week. I hope he's coming on this week. I have to call him tomorrow uh, and find out when he's free. But uh, I, I want to get more into this because we started talking about this with him last week and I think we need to compound on it uh, because another point was brought out today. I want to talk about what's going on in Ukraine with the Russians. And I made a point on the exclusive. I said the military buildup in the Ukraine or excuse me, in Russia on the Ukrainian border is extremely concerning. So if you have the Russians that were working with the Chinese in diplomatic talks and Xi said to Putin, hey, um, if you could do this one thing and, and tie up NATO in the West in the Ukraine, uh, that would really help us out a lot. Uh, and if you do that, well, then, um, you know, the, the U.S. is we, we've installed a weak president. Oh, <laughs> did I say that? Uh, a weak president has been elected over there and um, he's really not going to do anything. So um, if you could tie them up in Eastern Europe, uh, that would be fantastic because we got this little problem over here with this this island nation of Taiwan that we think belongs to us. And uh, oh, yeah, that, that one just south of us across the uh, across the river from Shenzhen. Uh, Hong Kong. Yeah, we, we got a little problem down there, too. So uh, we need to take those. So if you could tie up the West, that would be really helpful. And if you do that, well, then we can work a good trade deal that would, you know, would benefit both of us. So if we turn a blind eye to you taking territory that you believe is yours, and at the same time, if we can take territory that we believe is ours, well, then we have a mutual vested interest, do we not? That's what I think is going on. That's my guess. And sure enough, out of 1945 today, would Russia invade Ukraine and China take Taiwan simultaneously? Well, I didn't have a crystal ball, but that makes the most sense. I would have to agree. It's only obvious when you look at it, right? And, and you look at strategies and everything militarily. We have a president that doesn't know what state he's in, uh, let alone what, you know, yeah, you, you, you get the whole deal with Biden. It's really a sad situation. But then you also have... Um, uh, Russia and China working together. I mean, yeah, of course they're going to do this. It only makes sense. The, the, the police nation of the world is uh, kind of busy right now with uh, uh, still talking about locking down their nation again, destroying their economy, spending trillions of dollars on bailouts. Uh, and Just curious, locking down because of what that came from where? Just, uh, yeah, just asking. Right. It's a good point. Because of all of those things, it, it kind of seems like America is a little, a little busy on, a, on, on the home front, you know? It, it kind of seems Europeans like that. Europeans too. A uh, little busy. Yeah and, and, yeah. and the Europeans, yeah. So, you know, it, it might be a little advantageous to do that. And the other thing, though, too, is 
looking at it in more of a, uh, a macro scale uh, globally, let's say we, we, we have, um, I don't know, th- th- this plan for a, a global utopia. Um, the problem with the global utopia is, is we have to have every single person tracked because you know there, there's some wrongdoers out there that just they're not for the human race. They don't care about people's lives and livelihoods, and they don't they don't care about the environment or or you know they don't, they don't care about any of that stuff. So we we have to institute some kind of tracking mechanism for all these people. What would be a great way uh, with with terrorism on the home front, right? Domestic terrorists, because, you know, January 6th, it's a horrible demonstration of, of uh, domestic terrorists. And then we also have dissenters uh, agreeing with like Russia and China and, and, and like the racism that's happening there against the Asian people. And so we have to institute something that can both track and regulate uh, people based on their um, social standards, you know, such as, uh, you know how uh, they've been vaccinated. Uh, do they have a firearm? For example, you know, dangerous domestic terrorists. Only those types have firearms. The ones that go against the vaccine and everything. They're also they're a risk to society. So you know, we we have to help regulate the kind of supplies and stuff we're going to need to fight Russia as well. So it only makes sense to 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 better govern these people and to create a better society for them that we have to track their every movement and and regulate their lives from uh, cradle to grave. Long rant, I know. Uh, if you've listened to us at, for any length of time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's social credit. I I. I see this as being a possibility for that. You have some, you're distracting people with other things going on. Why not? Well, they're distracting. Yes. So yeah, they're, they're distracting. Yes, but they're not, they're not saying word one about this buildup, this Russian buildup in, in Eastern Europe. They're not, they're just not talking about it. I mean, you can't find it anywhere. I mean, I'm watching the European press daily, daily. I mean, I'm on it because of what we're doing here. I'm on it and there's nothing. Everything's COVID. Everything. There's nothing about and and the Russians, they are not just moving in a couple of tanks and a couple of boats. They have the equivalent right now. They had a hundred thousand troops the other day. And and I'm seeing today more trains. And I'm talking miles long of tanks. You would think that they're moving the whole damn army over there. Now, is that a conspiracy theory? Those of us that can see it, are we like the reconnaissance planes flying over France? Saying, uh, hey, uh, the, the entire German army's over here. Uh, do you think we need to possibly do something? And nah, it's a conspiracy theory. NATO's moving in vehicles. They're moving, and the U.S. is sending a couple of warships, that I know. But as far as any of this being mentioned anywhere, nothing, nothing. Do you have any new numbers? I mean, the last numbers you were talking about the other day were around 100,000. Are there new numbers? Do you know? I haven't seen any new numbers on how many of, are, are going over. I've seen... Some of the videos that we're seeing are, are like um, uh, missile launching systems, um, tanks, uh, IFEs, um, uh, troop movements, you know, th- those kind of things. That, 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 that's a lot of what we're seeing, logistical uh, vehicles and whatnot, uh, moving uh, supplies uh, in. As you said, with the, the NATO, we're, we're supposedly moving troops on the ground, which for those that aren't aware, uh, that means the U.S., Typically, when we say NATO, that means 80% U.S. Right. Yeah. 
uh, or at least the quote unquote allies, if you will, traditionally speaking, um, that pretty much makes up NATO. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Trump was in the process of actually getting those other nations, those other NATO nations to actually pony up some cash saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, we're paying for 80% of this. You guys maybe want to chip in, oh, I don't know, a Jeep. You know, that'd be nice. Uh, you want to do something other than maybe, I don't know, uh, throw in maybe a wheel of cheese. Can we, can we possibly get something more than that? Be nice. Yeah, it'd be nice. There's a report out today. Biden withholds 150 million of Ukraine aid amid tensions. He's going to withhold aid now. He was all about helping uh, Ukraine back in the uh, the day with uh, with all the stuff. And the what was it the the billion dollars? Isn't, isn't that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I want the prosecutor fired. I got six hours. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if you want the billion dollars, if you want the billion dollars, well, then, you know, I, I, I got a plane to catch. Well, son of a bitch. Wouldn't you know, by the time I got to the airport, he was fired and they put in a guy who was solid at the time at the time. Yeah. Joe Biden is withholding military aid from the Ukraine that had already been approved by Congress in the face of Russian military maneuvers at its borders. Which which, which president was this Congress? Did they approve this? So I just had to point that out because that's uh, probably one of the reasons that they shot it down as well, because Trump bad. Mm -hmm. Biden will reportedly provide only one hundred and twenty five million to the Ukraine this year, although Congress has already approved a two hundred and seventy five million dollar package. Well, uh, the election of this new guy in the Ukraine, who's not your guy, Joe, uh, I I might add, because, I mean, we played the calls here of Biden talking to the Ukrainian uh, president many, many times talking about how he was going to arrange uh, funds to be transferred to his country. White House officials said 150 million of that aid will be withheld until the Ukraine conducts the reforms that Biden is asking for. Oh, is that the old network? Is, is that the old network you want to you want to set back up over there? The old slush fund network you want to set up over there? Is that what you want to do? You guys are behind. Yeah, you got about four years worth of a monkey wrench you guys need to fix to get that network back in place. All the Podestas, they need to get their offices set back up over there, don't they? Yeah, they closed those overnight. Yeah. And I, I don't know, possibly something about a Chalupa might need to go back there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did hear they like their Chalupas. Uh, yeah. By the way, is it a different president of Ukraine now? I don't think. They haven't had their elections yet. I think it's a 10-year election or an eight-year election, isn't it? Oh, is it? Is it eight-year? Because so. I'm seeing 2019. I thought it was... I thought it was the same year Trump was elected or or just before that, that uh, was going on. It was just before. It, it was just before. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they, they serve for five years. Okay. Uh, the current, All right. The current uh, president right now is um, uh, Vladimir Zelensky. Is it the same guy? Zelensky. Yeah, it's the same guy. Because I wasn't seeing. Let's see. Anyway, sorry. Uh, that was the, the, the stuff I was seeing. Okay. He assumed. Well, it says he assumed office in 2019. That's what's throwing me off. Is it? That's him. He assumed that's office. That's him. Solinsky. That that's him. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Five years. Every their term length is five years, renewable once consecutively. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That was that was a bit of a. I was just making sure because the, the the stuff I was seeing was saying 2019 he was reelected, but or elect he was the incumbent, but they weren't saying it was his reelection. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So yeah. It wasn't yeah. Even clear. So yeah. So yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's it's him. Same guy. So Zelensky. But uh, yeah, and that's not uh, that's not the guy that's on Team Biden. Uh, And he wasn't on with with Team Obama or Team Clinton. He he wasn't part of the he he was a he's basically he was like the Donald Trump of the Ukraine, more or less. He was the uh, 
he was a comedian, right? He was a TV, yeah. you know, TV comedian, uh, and he he got elected. Right? Nobody expected that to happen. Same thing it, simultaneously. Donald Trump got elected. Nobody expected that to happen. So uh, he's not on board with uh, with all that corruption and everything. And believe me, Ukraine is a very corrupt nation. Very corrupt nation. No thanks to the U.S. Yeah. We didn't help in that uh, in that manner at all. Uh, but anyway, all right, uh, we did run over a little bit today, but that's okay. Uh, but like I said, we will pick up this conversation because more is going to develop on that. I am almost sure of it uh, in the coming days. So we'll be talking about that a lot more. All right, for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there, get signed up to us. We put all of our content out over there every day that we put out here on our podcast channels on Spotify, Apple, Deezer, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and all the rest of it. Uh, but get signed up to us over on Telegram. You'll get all of our podcasts. Uh, you'll get every thing that we put out in uh, like our little news feed over there on our channel. We're a public channel listed over there. So if you search for us, we'll pop right up. You can just click join. You'll be subscribed to us there. Get all of our content plus an exclusive podcast that Bruce and I put out only to our Telegram subscribers every week. Uh, so you don't want to miss those. Those are uh, those are the fun ones. We like to have a lot of fun on those. Also, we did a game show a couple of weeks ago called uh, Room 101. So just search for that in the channel and, and that'll pop up. Have a good laugh at that one. So we had a, a lot of fun with that one. So yeah, get signed up to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, that would be fantastic as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. And thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.